Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're going to get started with our guests, but first let's hear from our podcast sponsors. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products, or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast, and go to their website at violetdefense.com. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive. We have a Sideline Interactive video scoring table in our gym, and it is a fantastic product. You really need to check it out. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year while creating excitement in the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action and see exactly what these fantastic products can do for you. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Wall of Fame by Vital Signs has a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen options and an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments, visit vitalsignswalloffame.com or to learn more and get started with your own digital Wall of Fame tribute, call them at 614-981-3589. You can also email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to thank Huddle. We power sports. Huddle has over 180,000 teams using their packages of video and analytics. You know, they're a complete uh, resource. They have online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras, analytics, and more. We actually have a Huddle Focus camera in our gym, and it is great. You know, Huddle is built for every level, from youth through high school and college and up to the professional ranks. People are using Huddle. There's over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of your parents, and definitely the colleges and universities that you're trying to get your kids recruited to. If you're ready to learn more, go to huddle.com and find out how you can become a member of the Huddle team, become a Huddle school like us. That's huddle.com. We also also want to thank Athletic Surveys by LiveTrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment of our podcast. You know, Athletic Surveys by LiveTrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your athletic program. Athletic Surveys by LiveTrack also allows you to give the 95% 
have the players and the parents who really love your program a voice and helps demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466 or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Let them help you take your program from good to great. Okay. Oops, I didn't want to do Hey, welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. I'm really excited about today's guest. Uh, we have Dr. Patty Robbie Keller. She is the director of the Sport Administration uh, Graduate Program at Boston College. She's got a tremendous athletic background. She was a uh, NCAA student athlete. Uh, she's been a head athletic trainer, uh, worked at a number of different colleges and universities, and now she's in charge of, uh, as I said, the graduate program at Boston College. Dr. Robbie Keller, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jake. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm, I'm really appreciative that you're having me on the podcast. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we want to find out what's going on uh, with your new program and also, you know, get your take on, on all things athletic. So let's go and get started. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So get, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us that five minute bio, where you grew up, okay, where you went sure. to school, all those good things. And, uh, maybe how, you know, your path has led you now to Boston college. Sure. I grew up in New Jersey and I, you know, I was, I played every sport you can imagine. I'm six foot tall and I've been six foot tall since probably fifth grade. Um, so uh, I just, sports was the one thing where at six foot tall and a pretty big girl that I could, I could excel at and it was okay to be big and, and strong and, you know, aggressive and things like that. So I, I played soccer and um, softball and I swam on the lifeguard. I taught swimming lessons, all those things growing up. And then I I went to college in North Carolina as a division three athlete. I went down there to play soccer. That's what I was recruited for. I was a goalkeeper. And then, um, you know, I didn't come from a silver spoon in my mouth. I had blue collar parents who never went to college. So I worked in college. I ran the aquatic center at the Y, I taught swimming lessons and lifeguarding. And as I moved, went through college, I went through the Y. By the end of college, I was aquatics director at the Y. So as a senior in college, I was the aquatics director at the Y. And I was managing doing that, playing, I picked up playing lacrosse in college, playing soccer. I was a phys ed athletic training major. Back then, you, I, they didn't have sports management back then. So you did right. PE. And, and I, even, I didn't really want to teach PE, but that was the only thing. It was like sport related. So and then I had a work study job, too. I worked in the athletics department. It was a Division three school. So, you know, you did everything. So you were always helping yep. the AD with something. So I did all that and then I went off in the real world and I became a high school um, athletic trainer and I was an elementary school PE teacher and that's like herding cats, God bless all those elementary school PE teachers. And I did it for three years. And what I loved out of it was working with the student athletes, counseling them, talking to them, being there for them. So I didn't know this at the time. I thought I was gonna go back to grad school, honestly, to be the school counselor. And I was going to coach soccer. I was coaching soccer too and probably help with athletic training. But then I was a grad assistant at Campbell University, North Carolina as the academic advisor for student athletes. And as a division three athlete, we didn't have that. So there was division one. I'm like, oh my God, this is my job, right? I'm doing 
I'm in the college athletic environment. They let you help with tons of our stuff, but I'm really working with the athletes, helping them find their passion, their academic side, and you know, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, doing a lot of study skills coaching and, and things like that. So I loved it. And I did it for, I was a GA and then they hired me. I was there for a year. And then my dad got really sick and I had to go back to New Jersey. So I took any job I could in New Jersey and I got an internship at Rutgers. It was pretty much an administrative internship in the athletics department, helping anything administrative, a lot of its compliance. And I did that for a little over a year. And then I transitioned to Rutgers Camden, which is a um, division three school in Camden, New Jersey. I was there and I was doing more of their marketing and fundraising, running the concession stand, alumni relations, game management, anything they needed to do as Division three. So then um, through that, I met Joy Solomon. She was the athletic director at Rowan University. And she said, hey, this position's opening up at Rowan. It's academic compliance. Would you be interested? And Rowan was a lot more prestigious Division three school than Camden. And so I went over there and I was there for five years. So while I was there, I met Dr. James Coatsum and he ran the doctoral program in education leadership. And we had a lot of... Um, black student athletes at our school and there wasn't a whole lot of black faculty and James was and went to Harvard. So I recruited him to kind of talk to our athletes sometimes. So they had a role model in education. And he's like, you know, you really need to go get your doctorate. And I said, James, I was a B student in college and a B student in grad school. I don't know if I'm smart enough to get my doctorate. And he's like, you know, Patty, it's not about how smart you are. It's really about your tenacity, your grit and your work ethic. And he goes, I see you doing that every day and you're killing it. You're doing great. So I applied for the first cohort, they only took two Rowan employees because you got to go for free and I didn't get it. And I was, I was 29, 30, I think right there. So, and I applied again. And when I was 31, I was in the program. So the second youngest person in the program and it's in person. So you're going Tuesday nights, Friday nights, Saturday morning. They moved the Saturday morning cohort earlier. They started at 7 a.m. instead of nine. So I could be out of football games at noon. And um, I earned my doctorate in education leadership and my doctoral research was on the marginalized experience of female women trying to work in college sports. But one of that was really that career obtainment, like how do you do it? And that applies to anybody. So, but I really started like doing like the female side of it and looking at it. And I interviewed almost 50 women who worked in college athletics. And I, I did a lot of driving, a lot of buying Starbucks, but I did that. So then I went off and became an AD at a division or at a junior college. I met my husband during this period. He was a strength coach at Penn. And one of us had to make money, I decided. So I became the AD at a junior college. It was not a good fit. It was, it was a disaster, really. So I went up actually getting fired, which as all former athletes, you know, I was going to win. I was going to make it work, even though how bad the situation and toxic it was in. Getting fired was probably a blessing in disguise. And I remember at this point going, I need a really good mentor in my life as a boss. So I started looking at jobs. I also wanted to look at a job that I could grow in. I felt like I was the highest I could be division three. And I really, I, in the AD thing, I probably wasn't ready for the AD job, honestly. So I took a job in Bismarck, North Dakota. So I went to New Jersey to Bismarck, North Dakota to work with Roger Thomas. He was the football coach and the athletic director at University of North Dakota for a very long time, over 30 some years. And then he retired and became the AD at University of Merritt which is a division two school. And they had just transitioned from NAI to division two. So I was going to do their compliance student services and help with game management. So moved to North Dakota. I leave my husband actually in Philadelphia. He'll, he's like, I'll get there eventually. We'll figure it out. And um, 
you know, I started doing tons of stuff and then the education department there saw my background. I just earned my doctorate. I started teaching there. I was, and then I got appointed to be their director of physical education and health. I was also teaching master's in counseling classes. My master's degree has some counseling too, so I was teaching that. And then in the middle of that, that first year, my husband suffered a massive heart attack at Penn when he was coaching. He was in a coma for six days and then um, he finally woke up and we, I just moved them to North Dakota. So I didn't think I'd be in North Dakota that long, but five years later, um, we became foster parents. I have a beautiful 12 year old girl now that we adopted from foster care. While we were in North Dakota, she's Native American. So during this time, um, you know, I'm teaching a lot and doing game management. I'm, you know, doing all the athletics and the compliance division two school and, and now, now I'm trying to be a mom. So what I love the most about my job is just connecting with students and connecting people and finding your strengths and helping them be the best version of themselves. And I'm like, I can still do this as a professor. So I started looking for sport management positions that didn't require research. Although I don't mind doing research, it wasn't my strength. My strength is the industry relations, connecting people who work in the industry, things like that. And I found the job at University of Cincinnati and they really wanted someone to be that more that career advisor, the educator, take the students on the field trips kind of stuff. So we moved to Cincinnati and we're there for five years and I did all that. And I got professor of the year, four years in a row, whatever. And I you know I did great and I loved it. It was a great transition. Um, and then I was actually a finalist for three college athletic director jobs. Dana was in a good place in her life. Um, you know, I was not, didn't have a toddler anymore. You know, I have, I have a 12 year old. So I was interviewing at Boston College to be the director of the sport management program and a couple, three other schools to be the AD. And what I loved about Boston College, the dean said to me, she goes, Patty, I want you to come here because you want to be here. She let me, I knew about Boston College, I had the job, but she let me finish the interview process, those three other schools. And then I was able to make the decision where I wanted to go. I turned down two AD jobs to come to Boston College. And I'm running the sport management program here with our, our it's only been here since 2017. There's never been a full-time um, program director. All the faculty are part-time, none of them are full-time, but they all work in the industry. So one of my professors, you know, works for one teen nation, another one runs her own coaching practice. Another one is the associate AD here for marketing at BC. The other one's a compliance officer. We have people that, you know, I have someone who, practices law in another state, he teaches online, things like that. So that's what's really cool about our program here at Boston College is everyone works in the industry. And then I get to connect students with all these people. And my job as the program director is to really like coach up the students, get them in the right classes, build tons of opportunities, networking for them, and, you know, find really great faculty to teach in our program. You know, I, I knew a little bit of your background, but it was great to hear the, the sequence. And I think paints a really good picture for anybody who's listening about, you know, there are many, many stops along that career path. And, and this one might not be, you know, your dream job or your ultimate goal, but it allows you to, you know, pick up some tools, uh, build some relationships, maybe find that uh, someone to join your mentoring team that's going to get you where you want to be. And it's not like you've got one foot out the door, but a uh, very relatable story uh, that you just shared. And again, now at Boston College, uh, I would dare say, you know, it might be kind of a dream job where you're building a program and putting your stamp on it. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's a blessing to be here. I mean, I'm on an ACC school. Boston College is legendary. And I tell our students all the time, you know, they, they all come in. They're like, I want to be the athletic director. I want to be the GM. I go, you can be that. It's going to be 
a long time from now. You have a lot of stops along the way, which you're going to make mistakes in those stops. They're going to turn you in another direction. Success isn't always linear. It goes a lot of different ways. So that's what you have to be patient and you're going to have to push yourself and really decide at the end of the day, what, what are these jobs helps create you to be a better person and better at your job. If you hate your job, do you really want to do it? Because you and I, Jake, both know this isn't a job. This is a lifestyle. And you got to be passionate about it. And you got to love it because it's all the time, right? And you never get away from it. And it becomes who you are. It's really your identity. So you got to love it. No, you're absolutely right. And, and again, the different stops that you've had in your career and certainly in mine, um, they allowed us at the right time to be able to take advantage of that dream job, those different experiences. Very cool. Glad you shared that. For listeners, we're visiting with Dr. Patty Robbie Keller. She's the uh, graduate program director at Boston College. We're going to be back, but let's take a quick break and hear from a couple of our sponsors. We want to thank Huddle for their support of the Educational AD podcast. We power sports. Huddle has over 180,000 teams, including the best in the world, that are using their platform of video and analytics. Uh, they are a complete one-stop place. You have online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras, including the Huddle Focus. We have one of those in our gymnasium. Of course, there's analytics and a lot more. Okay? Huddle's built for every level, from the youth programs up to high school and college and even the professional ranks. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, probably their parents, and definitely the colleges and universities that you're trying to get your kids recruited to. If you want to learn more, go to huddle.com and find out how you can become a member of the Huddle team. Hopefully, like our school, become a Huddle school. We're back with Dr. Patty Robbie Keller from Boston College. Uh, Dr. Robbie Keller, uh, we always like to have our guests share uh, the people that have been important in their life, those mentors. It's such a big part of what we do. So uh, who has uh, helped you along your path? The expression I like to use is, I still hear those voices in my head. So uh, whose voice do you still hear? I always get emotional about this one because my dad was huge in my life. So, but he died when I was 24 and 20, like he got really sick when I was 24 and then he died when I was 26. So in that time period, Bob Young was a huge, huge person in my life. He walked me down the aisle when I got married, but he's someone that was like, he was very unconventional. He's someone that says exactly what he's thinking. And he's like, don't, you know, he's like, I was always apologizing. He's like, stop apologizing. He's like, do what you want to do. No one else is running your life. You got to do what you want to do. So he's the one that pushed me to do a lot of things where a lot of my family's like, you know, don't you want to have family? Don't you want to stay in New Jersey? Like you're, you know, where are you going? You're going to North Dakota. Like people thought I was nuts. So he was a huge factor in my life. It's okay. Hey. <laughs> so, and then, you know, a lot of things have happened along the way that honestly, I didn't always have a mentor. You know, so I think you really so got to look like there's, you really got to look deep inside yourself and the things that have happened that made you push yourself farther. And 
like, where do you, like, I always said to myself, where do I want to be a year from now? Do I, like, you can't wallow in it. You can't feel sorry for yourself. Like, things are going to happen. It's how you react to those things that are going to get you to the next spot. So you can react badly and it's going to put you 10 steps behind. When I got fired, I could have wallowed and sat around. I was on the computer the next day going, okay, looking back, what did I do wrong? And how can I make this better? And then what job do I want to do that's going to make me better, right? But it's probably not going to be the 80 job. I wasn't ready for this job. You know, and, and actually my teammates from college were awesome in this. They're my mentors. There's these amazing women that I played soccer with that one's running a global shipping company. Another one's running like 16 restaurants. Another one's an English professor. One's a cop. Like all of those ladies in my life, they're my mentors. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And again, I think it's so great that you can, you know, talk about that relationship that you had with your father and remember, you know, the impact that he had with you. He's, you know, he's still here. Both my parents have passed, but, uh, you know, I feel the same way. You know, I, there's no way I would have accomplished, you know, what I've been able to without their influence and, and with their, and their part in their life, uh, in my life. So really appreciate you sharing. Let's go and talk a little bit about your program at Boston College. Now, you know, you were a part of a very successful program at University of Cincinnati and Dr. Dave Kelly, uh, who speaks very highly of you. Okay, but talk, let's talk a little bit for our listeners, many of whom are uh, possibly interested in becoming a part of that program as, as students. And, and I know you've already got uh, your partnership with the NIAAA. So just kind of talk about what the program is. Sure and uh, how it can impact our coaches and ADs that are listening. So one of the big, so when I was at University of Cincinnati, which is in Ohio, obviously, Ohio doesn't require their athletic directors to have a teaching certificate. So when I was interviewing in Boston College, I was looking at what does Massachusetts require? Some school districts do. They do require that you're a licensed teacher to be the AD, but a majority, it's not a state requirement, require you to be a licensed teacher. But a lot of them are asking for that RAA certificate. Then I started looking at, well, do any of the colleges offer the RA certificate through their program? You have University of Massachusetts Amherst here in Springfield, and I don't really, I think Springfield does, but the other ones don't. So why would you not get your master's degree where you also are earning your RA certificate at the same time? And then part of that, part of the program here is at Boston College, we require our students to do an internship, require it. So why don't we put you an internship at a high school and make sure you like that high school environment, why you're, why you're doing it too. So I, I started doing research and you know, I met Kara Ellis. She's the Massachusetts athletic interscholastic learning and program development person. And we started brainstorming, which led me to some other people with the NIAAA. And now we're, we're putting that RA certificate, we're vetting it into our program. We're going to have that rolled out for next year. So we're really excited about that. So, and eventually, you know, we want to see how can we make a, a sport leadership certificate that you're also embedding that CAA into that where Jake, you, you've been an 80 for 10 years. You got your master's degree a long way. It might not be in sport administration. You might've got it in curriculum and development because you were a teacher, but do you want to get that CAA and maybe get, get some background in sports law? This is kind of the spot, you know, you're not really great at this. You can take a leadership class. We're embedding all that into a certificate, hopefully too down the road to really make the best class of athletic directors in the Massachusetts area, but we're putting our program online. So anyone in the country can come to Boston College and get their master's degree online as well. We have an in-person cohort, of course, which is wonderful. Like if, I always tell people go to grad school in person if you can, but 
for many of us, we're working and we have bills to pay. We can't just drop everything and move to Boston. So we have we're, we have the online or online program starting next year. No, and again, you and I have talked a little bit about it, but I just think it's so important that you, uh, at that entry level, for somebody who might not have that athletics background, to be able to have that RAA certificate, and then also as they're getting their master's degree, uh, there's obviously a cost and a time commitment. I think the programs, and there's not a lot, but there's a few, I think the programs that combine the NIAAA uh, curriculum so that when the person finishes their master's, they're able to sit for that CAA exam. I think they're so far ahead of the game, uh, just a, a great, great uh, um, feature of that program. We're going to do this later in the podcast, but if one of our listeners wanted to find out more information, about the programs at Boston College, what's the best way for them to, you know, maybe not necessarily reach out to you personally, but that's okay. But how can they find no, out absolutely. more about the program? So, I mean, all I have to do is just Google Boston College Sport Administration and it'll, it'll pop up. And our admission staff is wonderful. They're very informative. And, that, and we do virtual um, seminars. I do a virtual seminar every month on about our program. We're having one next Thursday. So usually, you know, I have one, it's usually at 6.30 at night. And not during the day, we know many of y'all are working. I know with games, sometimes it's hard. And that's why I'm totally open to meeting with people. I've met with a group of people. I said, you know, there's six of you, the guys can't come on Thursday. I did a Sunday night one, just us on Zoom and, and talked about it. And um, so that's, that's what's really cool about the program is learning about everyone who teaches in the program is doing the job. And you're also getting their network. I have an advisory board that includes an NFL football coach, AstroTurf, Pat Kraft, AD here at Boston College, a current high school AD, you know, marketing people, all kinds of stuff that are giving us constant feedback. This is what's going on. This needs to be in your curriculum. Our students are able to network with them and they're helping them look for jobs and things like that. And another thing with Boston, everyone here is Boston College. You know, this is my big concern about recruiting students here. You know, we're really affordable. Our programs through the Woods College Advancing Studies, it's just under $40,000 for a master's degree here. And if you want to come to campus, I have grad positions where you're not paying your tuition. You're working in the athletics department and they're paying for your tuition. So even if you want to be a high school AD, you can still go work the 15, 20 hours that are required to work in the, the athletics department in Boston College, whether it's, you know, working with ticketing or something. That'll, all those skills are going to translate to you working as a high school AD. And my goal is, as we grow bigger, is to build these partnerships with high schools in the area where they're paying for an intern to come to school here. Instead of them getting a salary, they're paying their tuition and they intern there. So there's a lot of buildings going on. I'm, I'm starting these conversations now. I just arrived in May. It's October. And, and you know, it's the program's only been here since 2017. But we currently have 150 students in our program. And, you know, and our students are getting hired when they graduate. The Boston College name goes really long. Prior to us even having a program, there's many people in the sport industry that do are alumni of Boston College, and the alumni of Boston College, that Eagle alumni, is really really strong. Yeah, again, the the program that you're offering, uh, yeah, there's a cost to it, but it sounds like there's a tremendous value. You just can't put a price tag on those experiences that you know, that person hiring, you know, whether it's a principal or superintendent or college administrator, you know, they're going to look at that and they're, they're going to say, wow, you know, this is a person we need to talk to a lot. Right. We're visiting with Dr. Patty Robbie Keller. She's the director of the sports administration graduate program at Boston College. 
We're going to hear some more, but let's take another quick break and hear from our podcast sponsors. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. We actually have a Sideline Interactive video scoring table in our gym, and it is fantastic. You really need to check it out. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department these days, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year while creating excitement in the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or you can call them at 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action and find out exactly what these fantastic products can do for you. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back to our visit with Dr. Patty Robbie Keller from Boston College. Um, Dr. Robbie Keller, uh, this is the part of the podcast where we always like to share best practices for our listeners who are mostly athletic directors and coaches. So what are some ideas that you can share from your experience that uh, would help a, a high school AD? Sure, Jake. And one of, one of the best things I loved was when high school ADs reached out to me as the faculty member and said, hey, we need help. Can I come in and talk to your students? I need an assistant soccer coach. I need something, someone to help with a coaching women's lacrosse, things like that. Like it was the AD from the high school really taking initiative and reaching out to that local sports management program at your local college and saying, we need help. And, you know, them really like becoming the conduit between the both. Cause sometimes I'm gonna be honest, there's a lot of research sport management faculty members and their priority is research. It's really not that experiential learning part for the students where it's a part of their service, but they don't have time to go track down high school AD. So when someone comes to them and, and lays the, like, here's the internship, here's the job description, we can pay this much or we can give them tons of food for the concession stand, whatever, like any of that stuff, they have it already done for that faculty member to then disperse to their students. You're gonna get some great kids come in that, that really wanna get experience and help you out. So I encourage every high school AD out there to say, hey, let me get to the closest college that's by me. And just don't think Florida State. Just don't think Boston College. There's tons of Division three schools, NAI schools, and, you know, D2 schools that have sports management programs. And if they don't have a sport management program, reach out to their education department or their business school. Because a lot of times the business school has a minor in sport management. The education department probably has tons of people wanting to be teachers and hope. And a lot of times we, I tell teacher candidates all the time. I'm like, I know everyone needs teachers, but if you really want that great school job, go say, I'll go coach this. I'll go coach the tennis team. Right. Cause you're going to take a candidate who's really involved with the extracurricular over just the history teacher. So get involved with all those programs. And then you'll never know how much opening the little bit of those doors to the athletics can open a whole bunch of doors just for your school and that college in general. You know, you're absolutely right. You just reminded me when I was uh, the athletic director in Tallahassee at McClay, you know, we were, I won't say constantly, but we had a great relationship with the two universities, um, you know, right there in Tallahassee. And you're right, there's schools across the region that a high school athletic director can reach out to. And uh, those students are probably going to be very grateful for those opportunities. Great stuff. 
Once again, we're visiting with Dr. Patty Robbie Keller. She's the director of the Sports Administration Graduate Program at Boston College. We're going to be back with some more, but once again, let's take a quick break and hear from one of our podcast sponsors. Wall of Fame by Vital Signs has a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen options, along with an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments, visit vitalsignswalloffame.com or learn more and get started on your own digital Wall of Fame tribute. Call them at 614-981-3589 or you can email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. We're back. Um, Dr. Robbie Kellett, um, one of the questions we've been asking uh, since we started the podcast about 16 months ago has to do with this idea of social awareness. So how can an athletic director or a head coach uh, do a better job of being socially aware for their program, for their community, for their kids? Uh, do you have any advice for us? Sure. Um, as I mentioned earlier, my husband and I were foster parents and we adopted our daughter from foster care. She's Native American. So um, in her life, in her short little life before we got her, she was in five foster homes before the age of four. So I also coach her soccer team and her basketball team. And I come from that old school philosophy, the yelling, the suck it up, the things like that, right? Well, my daughter, when she gets yelled at, she shuts down. Okay, so she was she was abused quite a bit before we got her. So I've had to learn with her, especially as her coach, not only her mom, is I can't yell at her. Like, I can't raise my voice at all with her. And it's amazing how well she does by just pulling her to the side and just saying and talking to her and talking it through with her. And I've learned not only this with her, and I remember like one of my first lessons when I was student teaching back in the day was I yelled at a kid across the gym and I embarrassed him. And I remember my, the um, other PE teacher going, hey, he's like, that kid was doing something wrong. Absolutely. And does it need to be addressed? Absolutely. He goes, but don't scream at him across the gym. Oh, have him come over here. So the next time I did it, I said, hey, Jimmy, come over here. And I just talked to him like he was standing next to me. No one else could hear our conversation. But his reaction was so much better this time than the last time. And that's what I see when I see coaches screaming at kids and we have parents screaming at officials. My husband's a high school basketball official too now. So, and it's embarrassing. Your, your child is embarrassed of you as a parent. And then if you're doing it as a coach, they're embarrassed of you and they're not going to respect you. Student kids don't respond to the screaming anymore. They're, they're more diplomatic than most of us are. They're, and the thing is, they're taught these things in class. They're doing all these things in elementary and middle schools now about crucial conversations, diplomacy and stuff that we never had. So they're almost more in tune about that stuff than we are about being cooperative and working together and not the screaming part. So that's something I really encourage coaches and, and you know, our new generation of student leaders, don't be the coach you had back then, right? That was one of the things when I was doing my doctoral research, 
I had women soccer players telling me they didn't want a female coach because the one time they're exposed to a female coach, she wasn't any good. And I said, well, how many times were you exposed to a, a bad male coach? They're like, well, a couple, but I've had a lot of men soccer coaches in my life, right? So we're basing our, they were basing their whole experience on female coaches by that one time they're exposed to a female coach. It's the same thing. We've been all coached along the way by many different coaches, whether they are good or bad. And we have to find the coaching style that works for us, but also works for your kids that are coming in now. Kids aren't getting punished like we, I mean, my dad used to make us run laps. You know, now you can't, it's hard to, you know, I I just had a student, I coached club soccer. The girl was on her phone during halftime. I benched her, right? And the parent came up to me and said, why'd you bench my kid? I'm like, she was on her phone. And the mom was texting her, telling her she was going to be late to our game, which I didn't know that. I should have said, hey, Emily, I see you're on your phone. Who are you talking to, right? And if it was mom saying, hey, I'm going to be late, don't, don't freak out. I would have been like, okay, thanks. Put it back in your bag now. Instead, I'm like, you're just not playing, right? Get off your phone. So that's something I learned this last Saturday. So that's too, is trying to find, you know, the middle ground with some of these kids. And like, we never had cell phones. I still think it's kind of crazy that a 10 year old has a cell phone, but like, there's situations that we don't know. This mom is a single mom and she's the nurse and she was really late coming off her shift. She's the ER nurse. Right. So I didn't, I didn't know that until the mom told me, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And then I felt like the idiot. Right. Cause I was being mean. So those kind of things are like really try and find, you know, try and find out about your student athletes. I have to tell when, when we're not coaching Dana, I have to say to the coach, like, look, she was in five foster homes before the age of five. She's got PTSD and anxiety. Don't yell at her. Cause she will shut down that, you know, that, that reaction she has. She little, like, she just goes blank. Right. And she won't do anything for you then because she doesn't trust you. So that's what you got to learn about where your kids are coming from. And, you know, not everyone has this lollipop life. They're they're just making it at home. Some of them don't even have food on the weekends. And, you know, they got parents working crazy hours or you have a lot of rich kids coming to school and they have no parents. Both parents are working and there's no one at home for them. You think they got it made because someone's dropping them off in a BMW where their life is probably the worst out of all of them sometimes. So just really find out about your kids and. You know, I've always, I try to even ask when I'm working, when I was working in college athletics, my, you know, the interns I had or the younger coaches, I'm like, tell me what feedback works for you better. And one of the best books I've ever read is called The Five Love Languages. And it's how people like to feel loved. And like, for some people, they need you to write them notes. Some people just need a pat on the back. Some people just need you to show up. And that's what, even with your, with the kids you're coaching, what are their love languages? Try and find out what they are and coach them that way. Right. So that's, that's my advice to you. And it's all 100% spot on. You know, I look at my own coaching career from, you know, a long time and say, you know, boy, I I wish I could have done a better job in those early years. Cause again, you know, you're right. You coach, you know, the way that you were coached and uh, it's, it's a different generation now. Great, great stuff. Um, We're going to be back and uh, we're going to find out what, uh, Dr. Robbie Keller is going to put in her athletic director's toolbox, which is sponsored by Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. So uh, stick with us. Uh, We've got more coming up. We want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the athletic director's toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect some comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your athletic program. 
Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also allows you to give a voice to the 95% of the players and parents who really love your program. And it helps demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466 or you can email them at athleticsurveys.com to get started. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, Patty, this has just been so cool to uh, finally get to talk to you face to face. You know, we traded some uh, communications along the way, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox. And, you know, you certainly had quite an athletic career yourself, including being an AD. But right now I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in your athletic director toolbox? I tell everyone this. Sunscreen's your number one thing. You know, um, my first boss actually had skin cancer. When I walked in the door, she was literally having her face lasered off. So, and that's something like I, I carried that on. I tease people all the time. I'm 47 years old. I don't look like it. Wear sunscreen. It's going to save your life in a lot of situations and and, and those kind of, I mean, this is practical, but it's something that we don't think about. We're outside all the time. So wear your sunscreen and wear a hat and all this. I think, I just think it's really important. It's something we don't emphasize enough. And I, I see a lot of 80s, you know, that are older in their 60s and 70s. And, you know, a lot of them are dealing with skin cancer right now. So just that's something that I tell people to put in their toolbox, some good sunscreen. And it's, it's pretty practical, but it's something that'll probably save your life down the road. And some other things that I try to tell people, you know, like, that book, The Five Love Languages I mentioned, it's something that another AD gave me to read because I was struggling with a coach and how like I, I didn't, and I'm looking at her, she gives me this book, I'm like, is this like a Christian book? She's like, no, just read it. It's actually, she goes, it's a relationship book, but all of the things you're doing with your coaches and your student athletes is about building relationships. And that made me build, reading that book really made me stronger in my relationships, not only with my husband and my family but now with my student athletes my coaches and even my boss like there's just some things like he just really appreciated that I was helping him do because that's that's something he needed help with through that the five love languages so I, I encourage people and there's several different versions there's one for kids even and I even had coaches read it with their teams and it helped team chemistry and things like that because they were building off of how they could be appreciative of each other and how what was receptive to them and being appreciated so, and then I guess the last thing is just giving yourself grace, you know, like it's, it's, you know, this is a hard job and we're going to make mistakes. We make mistakes all the time, but it's how you react to a mistake and be humble a bit. I made a mistake. You know, you yelled at, you yelled at one of your coaches as an AD or an AD, you know, a head coach yelled at an assistant coach, go back in there the next day. You said, you know what, that wasn't what I, how I should have handled that. I'm apologizing to you. Let's, let's move forward and we'll fix it together. And then just call, keep making those same mistakes. You got to learn from them too. So really, you know, and reflect, take, have a journal, write things down. I think that's really important to get it off your chest at night. I, I, I used to have a really hard time sleeping. And so now I really write things down at night, like just a page and it gets it off out of my head and I sleep better because of it. It's going to be in the journal there tomorrow. Some of the stuff's like, I'm going to forget to do this. I just write it down. 
I have keep the pen and the journal by it's in my purse, which is by my bed usually and I just write those things down. So you need sunscreen, you need to have some grace in that five love languages and then keep a journal. Great, great advice. Uh, the, the sunscreen, that's a, a new one. So uh, <laughs> that gives you that unique answer. But again, being in Florida for the last 20 years, I, I wish I probably, you know, should have followed that a little bit earlier. I do now. So, uh, but all those answers, great, great stuff. One more time, if one of our listeners wants to reach out, pick your brain a little bit, find out a little bit more about the Boston College program, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? The best way, honestly, is to find me on LinkedIn. I use LinkedIn constantly. And it's just my name, Patty Robbie Keller. You can find me that way. But if you Google Boston College Sport Administration and my and my name, my faculty profile comes up, you'll find my email. It's R-A-U-B-E-K-E-L at B-C dot E-D-U. So R-A-U-B-E-K-E-L at B-C dot E-D-U. That's how you and I connected, uh, good old LinkedIn. So yep. Dr. Robbie Keller, thanks so much for uh, being on the podcast today and all the best as the... Uh, program continues to grow there at Boston College. Thanks, Jake. I really appreciate you having me on here. This is wonderful. Oh, we had a lot of fun. For listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are also being uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Learn more at hometownticketing.com. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing.